and we are live. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Episode number six, I think already. I, I think it's six. Yeah, wow. what an achievement! Unbelievable! It's the magic number, right? The sixty-six minutes, and we finally reached episode number six. Yeah. I don't know how our uh, publishing cadence should be so that we achieve sixty-six and six hundred sixty-six. Yeah, sixty-six. That would be. I mean, that that would be an achievement. But yeah, yeah. Who knows how long we can. Stick with each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look at our uh, GitHub repos, so all the topics, then we will be done by episode thirty-nine or something. I'm not sure how many are there, but we yeah. haven't reached sixty-six yet. No, but I have the feeling we will easily reach it once we are closing that, uh, closing the end of that list. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Rich, where were you curious about this week? Well, I've, um, yeah, I started moving very actively, um, like flats in, uh, in Barcelona, where I'm living now. And that's a very curious thing to do when you have kids at home, small kids, especially. And yeah, that, that's not super exciting. Yeah, I, I was hearing a lot. Uh, I had a couple of conversations with different people and we talked a lot about senior and the question is like, how do you become a senior engineer? And I find this question, it is so generic that it's very flawed. Yeah. What is it even? I mean, you have to be very, very specific about what you're asking. Um, because, yeah, senior is very, like a very blurry thing, right? Yeah. You can you can be senior in one company and then not be a senior in another company. Uh, yeah, for example. Exactly. So basically, it depends a lot um, on on the company you're working in, basically it is all relative. Um, mm. I tried to write this down and I, what I came to is that it is all relative and it's relative to the people whom you're work with, working with, uh, their soft and hard skills yeah. and technical skills. And it's relative to the challenges that you have. Yeah. Uh, maybe no one is senior at this company because you are building a rocket and you are all coming from educating like children at the kindergarten. <laughs> so yeah. like, then no one is senior, right? So these two things, and I think I had another one, but I'm, I don't remember it right now. Yeah, but these are basically the things, I guess. And then someone can just be really good at talking and they can have really bad practices and just inject all the evil stuff, you know, and be like at the top just because they talk a lot. Yes. It's like, yeah. it's all so crazy. Yeah. And you have, you also have these people that are so modest that they, they, they don't believe that they are senior while other people see them as senior. That can also be so yeah 
or they are super senior, but no one sees it. Yeah. Because they're so modest and like, yeah, because they're not seen and don't show what they have. Yeah. And I also don't really believe in titles anyway, because it's a title, right? It's a word. But while you should just do your work, I guess, and be nice in the team and be good for the company and whatever you can do. If you're a senior, I mean, whatever. For me, it's I'm just I'm just a developer, I think, and for me, it doesn't really unless it it means specific uh, responsibilities, I guess. That they say in this company, when you are a senior, you should be doing this and you should not be doing that. For example, then that can mean that kind of means that they expect from you to do specific things, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, other yeah. Than that. You're, you're totally right. I don't think 90% of companies have this hierarchy like in the army. You know, in the army, it's kind of important. Yeah. Uh, like everything depends on your uh, level. Basically, your title, uh, it depends like your responsibilities depend on it and who depends on whom and who is doing what. Like this is super important in in the army or wherever I, I don't know wherever, but in so, in most software development teams, just it's just the title uh, to to tell people, hey, this guy is longer here, he has more context, or hmm. he yeah dug into stuff more in his free time. <laughs> yeah, and this is just like doesn't make any sense actually. Yeah, and, and even I would even, in my case, I, if I have the feeling that I'm senior somewhere, that could also mean that I have to go somewhere else. And for example, I joined my current company and uh, I am a senior maybe in years, but I'm not a senior in the technology we use because I switched technology because I want to learn something new. And now, although I, I, I of course, know things about this, but about React in this case, but if, if then someone who is like 20 years old 20, and tells me or explains me things, that makes me happy because I think, it, it, I don't care who explains me, but there are people who say, well, I'm a senior. And if, if someone else who is then a junior or something would then learn them things that, that they, these people would like feel, uh, I don't know, uh, insulted or something. I don't know. So to me, it's not like that. I think, I think it's just, yeah, learning okay. from each other and having fun and, and building nice things together. And I don't care how much experience you have or whatever title. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you, you mentioned uh, technology, and technology was the third relative thing that I came to to think about, like, what is relative in terms of seniority. And, like, the technologies that you're working on, again, if you are a JavaScript developer, senior developer, and now you have to develop this rocket um C program, then okay, Rocket is a is an overkill. But yeah, if you need to jump to another technology, then you you drop in your seniority all of a sudden, kind of, maybe somewhere yeah. in some teams, and in other teams you are still like a coach and whatever, and you yeah, have exactly all the other stuff that you know and can contribute with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think what people are actually asking is not how to become senior. It's just as in the company, senior is a word for experience level. I think the people who are asking how to become senior, they're rather asking how to gain confidence um, and maybe more enjoyment 
and into the work that they are doing yeah and how to yeah position yourself maybe uh in the market or in the team yes uh better that's yeah. i think okay. a synonym yeah yeah and it has a lot to do with communication with soft, soft skills with uh how, how you yeah just how you interact with people i guess that has a lot to do with it i guess yeah yeah yeah, interesting yeah yeah so yeah this is interesting uh, topic i guess so uh and and it's also because uh it also is kind of nice bridge maybe to what i was doing this week uh uh i think a few weeks ago we had the episode that we talked we looked back at 2022 and we looked uh, forward to 2023 and then i think i mentioned that i perhaps should or uh, like do some speaking this year that that would be like a nice new kind of newish thing for me to to go to meetups or conference try to to do some speak and i kind of this week thought well maybe i should just try it so i have this meetup conference kind of thing here uh close close by and i'm I've, i went there for years to as just as a, as a as a as a visitor and now i want to try to uh to to speak there so i need to like fill in uh, the cfps and everything and i a few years ago, the, the event was cancelled because of COVID, but then I also uh, would have spoken there already. So I think if I just bring in a nice CFP, then I, then probably they will accept me, unless, of course, there are 40 other people that uh, want to speak. It's like a, it's like an all-day event, so there are some, mm -hmm. some spots. So I make a good chance, I think. And uh, so I kind of decided to, at least this week and next week, to look into if I can make a story of what I want to talk about. And I have two ideas, one technical and one non-technical idea. And uh, yeah, so that's for me curious is to see how this goes. So uh, like uh, make this CFP thingy to, to where, I, where I kind of tell the organization what I want to talk about and then I hope they will accept me. And also of course then uh, figure out how my talk uh, would be structured because I think the structure is like the first thing to start with and and with the message you want to to have uh, come across i guess so yeah that is uh, curious things to uh, think about and to work on yeah that's super interesting and it's not that newish to you right you mean like post covid maybe or because you, you've uh, held talks before i believe in uh, yeah in, in it was more like workshops so ah. workshops was more yeah so that was more like i did then of course talk in the workshops to explain things and then i would after i explained react for example then i would give them like exercises then they if they listen to listen to me then they and they follow the exercise then they could i guess figure out and they did so that's also kind of talking indeed but but this would be like more like more like a conference uh, talk so it would be should be like a little more streamlined i think than than a free ish uh workshop Format. yeah nice so, yeah. and it's a conference at a meetup about javascript or no it's that's that's the thing it's a, it's actually a dot net uh, thing uh, kind of it's it's pretty broad so you can you can perfectly go do a talk about something else but the most people that come there is from originally it's like a dot net conference and uh, but but uh, but of course if i if I would talk about things that you can also do or use in the .NET world or things that are like more general developer topics, then that would be fine as well. So hmm. I, I, but I don't think it's a good idea to like a really hardcore JavaScript talk and I won't do that anyway, but that wouldn't maybe would not fit for most people that visiting, visiting there. 
Yeah, it depends maybe on the track. So actually, my very first conference in in my software engineering life was in 2016. And I was a student for maybe, I don't know, eight months or something. And it was in Nuremberg in Germany. And it was a three-day conference. So it's a really big thing. And it was a .NET conference. I didn't know what .NET actually these characters mean or something but uh why i went there i i sold my uh cto back then on the idea because he um set me on doing like ux and um doing more backend frontend and ux and that was the idea for a student uh, a lot of to focus on but uh, yeah uh, and there was a track a whole track about ux at this .NET conference. Mm. And there were a lot of different talks and Angular and actually I, one of the workshops I visited was like one hour. It was actually a talk, but also a workshop about Bootstrap. So they introduced oh. Bootstrap. So basically yeah. it was super not .NET, but it was a .NET conference. Um, yeah. yeah, it's maybe different, of course, in your case, but yeah but indeed it, it it's what i what i the event i'm talking about is also pretty broad so i think yeah it will be fine and uh state machines in JavaScript. yeah 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 well I, state machine is, is indeed one of the two topics i want i was thinking about but then more like what more like in the and not uh, javascript but more in general uh uh, terms, I guess, but then for .NET because .NET is like object oriented, that would mean that you need to use a state pattern and everything. Because but but I don't use that kind of thing, so my talk would then probably need to also uh, like use. I should also talk about state pattern, for example, I guess, because to make it a little bit more like recognizable. But I also will talk about how I do it because we use XState, which is a, a totally different pattern than than how you would do it in .NET. So that can be really interesting. I think how to that you can tell about what are different things, how you can uh, build state machines, I guess. So yeah, I, but, uh... I've checked how very briefly, but I have it very vividly in my mind now how um, state machines, how a state machine would look like in Ruby, and Ruby is very object oriented and. I will be very curious to hear from you whether this is a state pattern or not, but I don't feel like it's a, any pattern. It's super mm. simple what I've um, checked out so far. So <clears throat> maybe yeah, when we speak about it in the, in the webcast, maybe you could tell me if this is like a pattern or not. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting subject, I guess, indeed. Yeah. And so yeah, I guess uh, I guess more more on that later then, because what I now that I'm working on this and if I will continue working on it, I will also want to to ask feedback fr from you, but but perhaps viewers also and and other people I know, because I it's something I want to do myself, but I also want to kind of know for sure that that what I was thinking about is even interesting. So mm -hmm. if by asking feedback, I guess I can kind of check uh, in front like of if it even will be good how I think I should do it and and. Yeah, but yeah, just like some open source, like open sourcing kind of maybe even things, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. When is it the conference? Yeah, it's in it's in April, and uh, it's like you can you can sign up until like end of February. So I guess I have all the time. Nice. 
That's but great. I maybe I should also, by the way, I was thinking about it. Ask the organization if it if it still has any use to even apply, or did they already have so many? But but then still, if if I have like a super interesting topic, then they can still, of course, choose me mm. above someone else, regardless of how many people have uh, already signed in. So I guess uh, it's fine. It's just I have until end of February, and I guess it's it's fine. So uh, yeah. yeah, I think they also decide more towards the end because yeah. yeah it's open and then at the end they look at all the topics and see like where are similar topics what should they filter out which to pick you know if there are like three topics about state machines then they need to pick yeah. one and that, but this is a thing you could ask you could say i have two topics is this like something that um make sense in this yeah. conference and then they tell you we already have like yeah. five, five is the same but maybe yes. in your case it's like state machines is probably not that, that big of a topic but yeah. yeah yeah that's a good one and i think that that's our all like examples and also tips on on also not, not only for me but also for other people to so how, how do you even approach these kinds of things uh, and, and then in that indeed asking the organization already now just what you're thinking about before you spend a lot of time on it because but but still if i would spend time on it and i would not be speaking at this conference then i could still try to speak at another thing of course so if, if that's my goal to speak at whatever anything then it's fine but if i if my goal is to speak at that conference only yeah then it's maybe a different case but uh, i think like i said I, sh I should be trying speaking anyway this year yeah know, maybe more times yeah i think yeah, it's really yeah. interesting exactly yeah, also we'll have a story for you about um, some something. Uh, I was also asked to speak at the conference in January, but yeah, that's another story. I, I'll, yeah, cool. I'll tell you about it next week. Nice. Yeah, interesting. Um, and this is a good transition also because uh, once we get to code together on some state machines, we need a pair programming setup. Yes. And today we wanted to talk about uh, remote coding setups. And this is kind of a simple topic if you look at it from a very simple point of view. And it may have a little bit, it may get a little bit more complicated if you try to code in a certain way together. Yeah. And yeah, you, I know you front end guys at Webinar Geek, you're coding quite a bit together. And I think you're mostly using Slack, the Slack huddles, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And basically, someone is sharing the the screen and yeah. then one or more people are looking into it and basically navigating so to say or it's like a collaborative yeah 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 it's definitely collaborative so we indeed we use slack for audio and indeed also for screen sharing so then uh, one, one person shares the screen and if they are talking about it and that person is then almost always the person who, for example, who knows the most about it or is somehow in the lead of this 
change we're building then. And then other people, they can also uh, look and also uh, uh, contribute to the code because we use live share in VS Code. So, so we have then audio, we have screen share and VS Code to actually build pieces of our code like that, that multiple people can then uh, in parallel can just build whatever code. And um, and it depends a bit on, I guess, on uh, we, we did a few like big changes. And then at some point we were like with three people in one of these sessions. And we were, all, we were all like, all three of us were like coding like crazy. So this one person was doing here, this corner of the code. The other mm -hmm. person was this. And yeah, so I just did, I just finished this uh, this function. Okay, cool. Because I just called it and okay, I rendered a component. And then uh, at some point it was all coming together. And okay, yeah, yeah, let's try it. And then we were running the application or, or the tests, whatever we were working on. And then we would see if it works. And then if then something would be, if you got an error or something wasn't working, then you can see that, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, me too. And then we like go like crazy. And uh, so that was really good energy, but energy. But I think what we not did, what we do, what we did not do is have like an actual driver. What was it again? What is this uh, driver? Yeah, I'm not even sure that what you described is has a name no <laughs> it's just like do whatever yeah uh, people like uh, like bees you know they yes do and, uh, everyone yeah. do, does their task yeah in the xp way of pair programming or mob programming there is uh, the driver and the navigator oh, yeah. or the navigators so if you do mob programming in this um sense then you have um, several people navigating together, but then the core idea is that there is one task that uh, you are tackling together and like one problem you're trying to solve. And um, yeah, it's rather directed so that all the energy is directed in one um, yeah. area, yeah. Yeah, I think that is something that we could improve on, or at least uh, try it. And uh, because what I was just telling is a little bit, I mean, it happened like that, but it was a little bit exaggerated. So there are also sessions that were a little bit more relaxed and even that yeah. only one person was coding, but, but we didn't definitely did not like intentionally do the driver navigator. That That's not something we really did. So I think that that can be interesting to at least try it because it's, it's more structured, I guess, indeed can be can give better results and even maybe faster results, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a discipline, so mm -hmm. you need to switch up the the driver navigator thing. Like, And this is actually where the problem comes in. If you use a tool like just like LiveShare and, and or just Google Meet or Huddle or whatever, if you are just screen sharing without an additional tool, then it's much harder to switch pairs. Yeah. Um, whereas it's less complicated when you control the other person's screen, let's say. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because controlling the screen, for example, in Zoom, is just a click of a button. And basically for the other yeah otherwise you would need to turn off your screen share the other person would need to turn on their screen share and then it kind of would also work but yeah 
Yeah. Maybe it's a minor annoyance. Yeah, but but so that that is interesting because that I never realized that 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 you say okay, so the someone needs to be in control of the screen so that they are like almost like physically the the like actually someone who's kind of in charge, I guess. To, yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Maybe maybe we'll see an example when when we would need it. I'd say because yeah. switching uh, driver navigator in live share is super easy. Um, it's just saying now you drive. Yes. But then there are situations where the driver has no control over your uh, system. And yeah. they want to, the driver is also basically would, would be someone, for example, to Google up stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then how does the driver open your Chrome browser? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So mm. basically, yeah, if you just have an audio setup and VS code, then you can't, cannot do this at all, right? No, no. So yeah, then, then uh, if you want to make it like a discipline and also kind of, yeah, disable that you can do things and, and then... And then Zoom, you mentioned Zoom, but is there then, would there be other tools as well? So what is the, the characteristic of a tool that would enforce this is then that it uh, offers these kinds of things that you that you can uh, take over, I guess, kind of someone else's screen. Yeah. Frankly. I think I remember there was a another tool and it was, was it like called something? It was like in gaming, very popular. Um, something like Team. Oh, Team, team View, View, team, team View. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And this had like this capability of uh, taking over the other person's screen. Yeah, I think we use it at work. We use it. Not sure that sometimes if a customer has like a really specific problem, and then a support uh, person can then ask them if they agree on on taking over the screen so that they can do like all these uh well complicated uh clicking through settings etc and then I get, yeah of course you have to be very sure and very clear of what you're going to do and etc but but in a in a developer to developer uh, situation and where you can just trust each other i guess and you can just say okay so uh, then you could use this tool indeed and i guess to uh, make it a bit more strict mm. yeah yeah that's exactly. interesting exactly. yeah yeah and then when you're developing, sometimes it is just as simple as um, trying to solve a code problem. But sometimes you have also all, like a bunch of other tools involved, third-party tools, Postman or some infrastructure things. Yeah, and you want to be more flexible, and then yeah, it's not enough to just um, do live share. No, and then it becomes cumbersome. Yeah, you need to find solutions to get so the other person can drive your this all the setup that you have. Yeah, yeah. But by the way, I was thinking of this. Um, we. When we do this, we what we do have is that uh, because we are all on the same VPN, so we are also on, all on the same network, you can also set it up that uh, even though that one person is then 
uh, running the application on their own local machine with the code that we are then with all of these developers are changing, then other people could also uh, approach that same local uh, application browser in their browser because we're all on the same network. So then, then this person who is running the application would uh, kind of um, make sure that their, that their IP address is kind of approachable, I guess, by the other ones on the network, and then they can just go to their running application. Browser. So, that, but but the reason for that, or at least the, when you want when you do that, for example, when when you want to do some testing yourself as well. So you, you change mm -hmm. something in the code and then you can say, okay, do you, you, you can test the, the chat and I will, I will test the, uh, some other feature, for example. Yeah. So this has nothing to do with what you were saying about really about more structure, et cetera, but at least it was a nice benefit we had that we not, could not only like share code and work on it together, but we could also see what the actual running application was doing on the, the person who was actually running it. And, uh, yeah. So there are some nice tooling things around it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you also have uh, the GitHub Copilot uh, working with you when when you do pair programming, or does everyone need to have like a subscription? Uh, if you have like, yeah, I don't know because. I, I do have Copilot and I don't use it always, especially at work when the code is so specific that it doesn't always help. So right. I, most of the times I have turned it off. I, I mostly use Copilot for my uh, side projects because they are most of the times perhaps a little bit more, well, predictable, I guess. Uh, mm. So I'm not sure how that works indeed. We should make an episode about Copilot for sure. Yeah. Copilot. Co yeah. Uh, because yeah, I, I I'm curious about it, but I I'm not using it myself, and I see quite a some people using it, and it's very interesting. But yeah, yeah that, that's a topic for another um, yep. not, another time. Like an AI AI topic, I guess. Yeah, the, the yeah yeah GPT would be also mentionable there. In the first episode, you actually uh, reproduced what what we've coded. The simple thing that we've coded, reproduce you reproduced it. Oh yeah, GPT, and I, I was amazed. Like it was pretty cool. Yeah, well, um, I think Copilot and ChatGPT both have come up with a lot of nonsense as well. So I use it quite often, and like most of the time, it's not usable at all. And it's, but it is uh, inspiring. So then they, the thing that, that suggests like a solution to me and that it's not usable, but then I think, oh, wait, but the direction I like. And then I think, oh, wait, and I can do it like kind of like that, but I will figure it out myself. So it's more like a, it's like a rubber duck, you know, that I would ask you. So, uh, Rich, I'm working on this, on this React component. And maybe you don't know, even know about this component at all, but, but just by thinking with me, what, what could be the problem here? What could be the solution here or whatever? Like a rubber duck, you could just, and that, that's how I use these kind of tools mainly. And this is also what I, the experience that I made was um, a friend of mine. We de debugged like a huge SQL query from him and that he didn't write. And then he kind of told me, yeah, Rich, I'll show you like how this works, this piece of SQL code. And then he asked GPT to generate something, you know, based on what he's writing. And GPT wrote it and it made things kind of clearer. Um, and we worked along the problem. And at some point we came to like a conclusion, but then we didn't really know how to implement it. 
and then somehow like copilot uh so this guy is using everything like oh yeah gpt copilot um grammarly like it's all ai oh, yeah. based the whole setup yeah <laughs> and then yeah copilot made a su- suggestion and this is what bring us to the actual solution yeah um, that was amazing actually yeah yeah it's it's definitely uh interesting and yeah I, i'm just happy that as a developer i most of the times if i build something i already know what i want not always how but at least what and then if i ask you or or, or, or this ai stuff please tell me how then i can can check if they i have a point in if this is even a good idea because i know already know if i if i see the code and i recognize oh yeah this is exactly what i had in mind but i did this was too lazy to to type it all myself for example so then yeah that's that's me like a good yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like 10 bucks per month or Copa. yeah yeah so yeah it's uh, it's 100 100 per year so but, yeah so but yeah, yeah. It, it's nice but i mean it's I, I I also did a few months without it and it was also fine. I guess it's sometimes it's nice, but it's not. I think AI code help help uh, coding is not uh, uh, like no not not good enough. I guess to really it's it's just interesting and nice, but not nothing more. I guess for me yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, we are talking about AI and how AI can help us in our remote setups, but. Um, let, let's maybe check out some setups and have a really quick code yeah. together and see if anything of it is actually fun. What yeah. do you think? I, I thought maybe I can start. And maybe since you have a little bit, you work more with live share, I thought maybe you could share some live share stuff. Yeah. And what I wanted to do. I wanted to show you how this would work in RubyMine because I'm uh, using IntelliJ for my um, usual like Ruby and Rails coding. And there is a RubyMine and it has its own integration, like its own live share, so to say. And we could just look at it. If it works at all, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> or in the past, I haven't used it for forever, but in the past, Sometimes it's just in the work, so maybe we can check out uh, how how the state is now. So, would the idea be then that I could do a live share with VS Code, and you would be able to connect with it, or yeah, totally I, I would I would write a console log, hello world, for example, in your yeah. on your you set it up, and I write as as the driver a console log. And I'm setting up now RubyMine, and you write a console log for Hello World for uh, Ruby. Yeah, and I can just use VS Code, right? No, you will be using what I'm uh, setting ah. up. And okay, should, well. should, if this works. And this should yeah, be yeah. fairly easy. Okay. 